In 2008, there were 232,990 marriages registered in England and Wales, according to provisional figures from the UK's Office of National Statistics. In Australia, there were 120,118 registered marriages in 2009. In the United States, there were nearly 2.1 million marriages in 2009. And in China, the world's most populous nation, 11.46 million marriages were registered in 2009. But how many of these marriages will end up in divorce? How many of these marriages will last a lifetime? Weddings are joyous occasions, and marriage can be one of the most fulfilling and joyous experiences in the entire world. Young men and women find common interests and goals in their courtship. The marriage commitment leads to a family or a community wedding to witness that commitment. The family is the foundation of any society. A successful marriage is a joy to the extended family as well as to a community. But marriage can also present challenging problems and if the problems are not solved, marriage can be most painful. My friends, there are proven strategies to encourage a more loving relationship. How can you improve your marriage? How can you ensure a successful marriage? You need to know the strategies and the keys to enrich your marriage. Stay tuned. Warm greetings to all our friends around the world. As a minister, I've had the privilege of conducting numerous marriages over the years. A typical wedding might include words such as, there can be no more joyous ceremony than this we now enter. Marriage is a natural union, but a divine institution ordained of God. It was established not by man, but by the eternal God at creation, and derives its authority from the divine laws of God immutable and unchangeable. Yes, a wedding is a joyous occasion, often accompanied with music, flowers, family, and friends. Marriage is one of the most important events in a person's life, and a formal public commitment begins a lifetime together. The bride and groom may even say traditional words such as, for better or worse, for richer, for poorer, in sickness and in health, until death do us part. My friends, marriage and family are the foundation of any civilization. But a successful marriage requires loving care, concern, and service. On today's program, we'll briefly discuss five ways to enrich your marriage. These principles are based on the Holy Bible. 
As it tells us in Hebrews 13, verse 4, Marriage is honorable among all, and the bed undefiled. But fornicators and adulterers God will judge. In recent years, critics have attacked biblical values and standards. But according to one poll, more than 75% of Americans believe that being married is an important value with little variation by class. Another study by the Pew Research Center in Washington concluded, The American idea of the typical U.S. family has changed. A survey says a number of people think it is not necessary to be married to have a family. My friends, true Christians must actively encourage loving family relationships. The family is the foundation of any society, and a stable, successful marriage contributes toward a strong, stable civilization. When a man and a woman marry, they enter into a covenant and a commitment. But sadly, many do not keep their commitments. A recent China Daily article notes that Hong Kong now has the world's third highest divorce rate with a staggering 41% of marriages breaking down. Only the United States and South Korea have higher divorce rates. CNN reports that in 2009, one in five Chinese marriages ended in divorce. It goes into more detail stating that 1.71 million Chinese couples broke up last year. 160,000 couples, or 10.3%, more than the previous year. The figures follow an upward trajectory. Last year, the divorce rate, the number of divorces per 1,000 people, stood at about 1.85 per thousand. In 1985, the figure was only 0.4 per thousand. If you're planning for a marriage, are you thoroughly prepared? And if you are married, how are you doing with your commitment? And how are marriages doing elsewhere around the globe? Are they stable? Are they successful? The divorce rate can give us an indication. In 2009, in the United States, there were 6.8 marriages and 3.4 divorces for every 1,000 people, according to U.S. government figures. That's about one divorce for every two marriages. Compare this to Australia, which that year reported a lower marriage rate, but also a lower divorce rate, with 5.5 marriages and 2.3 divorces per thousand. In Australia, there were about 2.4 marriages for every divorce. These statistics do not forebode well for the stability of these nations. But you can apply strategies for a successful marriage, and you can enrich your marriage. Let's understand, it may not be easy, but the effort can lead to great rewards and a loving relationship. Now let's consider five ways to enrich your marriage. The first key to enrich your marriage is give 100% to your mate. The old saying, marriage is a 50-50 proposition, is totally wrong. Upscale, modern, enlightened professionals may say, independence is a priority, we'll intellectually agree to work together, but I'll still reserve my personal escape route in case things don't work out right. One needs to ask, what is the framework for our relationship? Is it mutual convenience? Or is it a biblically-based relationship that will grow in depth and character for the rest of our lives? What does the Bible say about loving relationships? Let's understand, these principles are not temporary platitudes, 
but spiritual laws with lasting consequences. The right cause produces a lasting beneficial effect. Turn in your Bible to Acts 20, verse 35. Most Bible students are acquainted with this verse. It's foundational to happy relationships and the character we need for all eternity. My friends, what is true love? True love is giving without expecting anything in return. If you have your Bible, turn to Acts 20, verse 35. The Apostle Paul stated, And remember the words of the Lord Jesus, that he said, It is more blessed to give than to receive. When two people both give 100%, you have a strong bond, a strong overlap that is going to guarantee flexibility and the ability to cope with crisis and problems. See what happens when both are giving 100%? But the 50-50 proposition is a built-in weak link in your relationship. One of the greatest gifts you can give is your time. Some years ago, when I was very active in sports, I tended to shortchange my wife in spending time together. I still remember the time when I determined to give my time to her in a special activity that would please her. She wanted to go canoeing. That was not my favorite activity but we went canoeing on an East Texas lake on a Sunday afternoon, surrounded by pine trees, blue skies, waterfowl, and peace. What I considered a sacrifice of my time led to an enriched relationship. My wife enjoyed the activity and appreciated my effort. As Jesus said, it is more blessed to give than to receive. Do you express affection to your husband or wife? Simple hugs and kisses when you leave for work and when you return, are important. I once read a report from a German insurance company that concluded men who kiss their wives every day are less prone to accidents and are generally more successful financially than men who do not kiss their wives every day. So I made sure to kiss my wife every morning before leaving for work. One day I forgot and backed my car into a tree. Needless to say, I make sure I kiss her every morning. My friends, make a commitment to give more than you have in the past. Be determined to find ways to give to your mate. Then you won't be so frustrated, and God will bless you in your relationship. Key number one to enrich your marriage is give 100% to your mate. Key number two to enrich your marriage is fulfill your God-given responsibilities. God has given important responsibilities to husbands and wives, but sometimes in marriage, one mate will criticize the other for not fulfilling his or her responsibilities. Certainly, we should be able to accept encouragement to change, if change will help improve the relationship. But I, as a husband, must give account to God. He has given me responsibilities to serve and help my wife. Let's read that in Ephesians 5, verse 25. Listen, Ephesians 5, verse 25. Husbands, love your wives, just as Christ also loved the church and gave himself for her, that he might sanctify and cleanse her with the washing of water by the word, that he might present her to himself a glorious church, not having spot or wrinkle or any such thing, but that she should be holy and without blemish. So husbands ought to love their own wives as their own bodies, he who loves his wife loves himself, for no one ever hated his own flesh, but nourishes and cherishes it, just as the Lord does the church. 
God commands me as a husband to love my wife. I must give account to God for my attitude, service, and commitment to my wife. Notice that God does not give all kinds of escape clauses. He does not say, if your wife is perfect, then you love her. No, God commands you to love your wife. That's your responsibility, as we saw in key number one. You need to give 100% to your wife. Now, what does God instruct the wives? Ephesians 5, verse 22. Wives, submit to your own husbands as to the Lord. For the husband is head of the wife, as also Christ is the head of the church, and he is the Savior of the body. Therefore, just as the church is subject to Christ, so let the wives be to their own husbands in everything. Again, ladies, God does not say that you submit only to the perfect husband. I don't know of any perfect husbands. Only Christ is perfect. But listen, as each of us fulfills his or her own God-given responsibilities, God will bless the marriage even more. Notice what the Apostle Paul wrote in the previous verse, Ephesians 5, verse 21. He wrote that all Christians must maintain a thankful attitude, and notice this, submitting to one another in the fear of God. As husband and wife, you each have this responsibility to the other. Are you willing to help each other with responsive attitude? You know, when my wife asks me for an object or for help, I try to respond quickly, and she cooperates in helping fulfill my needs and requests. We've been married now for more than 47 years. We love one another. But it does take a spiritual commitment to fulfill our marital responsibilities. Key number two to enrich your marriage is fulfill your God-given responsibilities. If you would like to discover more about how this topic impacts your life, visit us online at www.lcgcanada.org to read our featured literature free of charge. There's no room for selfishness in marriage when husbands and wives are dedicated to giving 100% to fulfill their responsibilities to each other. Key number three to enrich your marriage is honor and respect your mate. Do you really value your mate? Do you respect him or her as a human being made in the image of God? Every human being has a great potential of being a part of God's spiritual family forever. Not as a physical human being, but eventually as an immortalized, glorified child of God for all eternity. God values your mate, whether you do or not. My friends, God wants every human being to be a part of His family, and He wants both you and your spouse to be in His family. He is in the process of creating a family for all eternity. The Apostle Paul said that he bowed his knees to whom? Ephesians 3 and verse 14 to the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, from whom the whole family in heaven and earth is named. My friends, honoring and respecting your mate helps us grow as a loving family. Perhaps you don't respect your spouse, some of your spouse's habits. But do you see the good qualities? Perhaps you've devalued, downgraded, or disrespected your spouse. But God wants you to have your respect and your mate's potential as his future child in mind. Turn in your Bible to Philippians 2 and verse 3. 
Listen to God's instruction regarding our relationship with others. Philippians 2 and verse 3. Let nothing be done through selfish ambition or conceit, but in lowliness of mind let each esteem others better than himself. Yes, value, esteem your mate better than yourself. That doesn't mean you must respect every bad quality or bad habit of your mate, but look for his or her positive values. If you've been abusing your mate, or physically or verbally abusing your mate, you need to repent. You need to humble yourself before God and ask His forgiveness. And you need to apologize to your mate as well. I know personally it's sometimes difficult to say, I'm sorry. But it can go a long way in healing and restoring a relationship. How patient are you with your family? Patience is a way of expressing love as it says in the love chapter, 1 Corinthians 13. 1 Corinthians 13 and verse 4 in the New International Version. Love is patient. Love is kind. It does not envy. It does not boast. It is not proud. It is not rude. It is not self-seeking. It is not easily angered. It keeps no record of wrongs. Love does not delight in evil, but rejoices with the truth. It always protects, always trusts, always hopes, always perseveres. Read that chapter, 1 Corinthians 13. Pray that God will give you the ability to live by those qualities of patience and kindness. Pray that you can grow in those qualities. Do you truly honor your mate? As you find ways of honoring and respecting your mate, you will help to enrich your marriage. Turn in your Bible to 1 Peter 3, verse 7. Here, God gives vital instructions to husbands. 1 Peter 3, verse 7. Husbands, likewise, dwell with them with understanding, giving honor to the wife as to the weaker vessel, and as being heirs together of the grace of life, that your prayers may not be hindered. How do you demonstrate honor and respect to a husband or a wife? There are many ways, such as giving special gifts, listening carefully, expressing thanks, and using common courtesy in your words and the tone of your voice, and expressing affection frequently. Keep in mind that you and your mate are heirs together of the grace of life. It's vital to understand how God values every human being, and that includes your mate, regardless of your opinion of him or her. Every human being on earth has the potential of being born into the divine family of God as a glorified, immortal child of God. The Apostle Paul wrote in 2 Corinthians 6 and verse 18, I will be a father to you, and you shall be my sons and daughters, says the Lord Almighty. Always be conscious of your mate's awesome potential. Key number three for enriching your marriage is Honor and respect your mate. Now the fourth strategy is also very basic and very fundamental. And you probably already know how important it is. And that is the principle of communication. Key number four to enrich your marriage is communicate in love. How often do couples tune one another out in their conversations? Effective communication means effective listening as well as speaking. We should listen for understanding. Try to understand the other person's point of view. Try to understand the other person's feelings and needs. 
demonstrate respect by giving your full attention. But speaking the truth in love, we may grow up in all things into him who is the head, Christ. Some people speak the truth in hate, but a Christian who is maturing in Christ will be concerned for the effect of his words and message on the listener. When you talk with your husband or your wife, do you demonstrate concern and care? Do you communicate respect? Certainly we need to be patient with one another. Remember 1 Corinthians 13, verse 4, Love suffers long and is kind. In our fast-paced life, husbands and wives may be going in different directions and hardly have time to speak to one another. Some studies have shown that many couples average less than 20 minutes a week in conversation. But there's a way to capitalize on the brief time you have together, and that is the four-minute contact rule. In their book, Contact the First Four Minutes, Dr. Leonard Zunin and his wife Natalie Zunin state this, The success or failure of a marriage can depend on what happens between a husband and wife during just eight minutes of the day, four in the morning upon awakening, and four when you are reunited after the working day. Your language, attitude, or expression at the beginning of the day can affect the whole relationship. Learn to express a positive, loving attitude for the first four minutes you're together at the beginning of the day. You can avoid an accidental argument or an unnecessary grudge that will last all day and pay particular attention when you first get together at the end of the day. Even if you're tired, a positive word of encouragement or appreciation a hug or a kiss can make a big difference in your relationship for the whole evening. How many people do you know who are courteous and gracious? Let your speech always be with grace, seasoned with salt, that you may know how you ought to answer each one. As a speech communication teacher for many years, I would often tell my students, upgrade the level of your communication. Ephesians 4 verse 29 gives us this strong exhortation. Let no corrupt word proceed out of your mouth, but what is good for necessary edification, that it may impart grace to the hearers. Your language, attitude, or expression at the beginning of the day can affect the whole relationship. Learn to express a positive, loving attitude for the first four minutes you're together at the beginning of the day. Make a special effort to communicate in love. Key number four to enrich your marriage is Communicate in love. Marriage and family can be one of the most joyous and fulfilling dimensions in life. On today's program, we briefly discussed four strategies for enriching your marriage. Number one, give 100% to your mate. Number two, fulfill your God-given responsibilities. Number three, honor and respect your mate. And number four, communicate in love. The fifth and final key is extremely important. Key number five to enrich your marriage is pray together. Now I realize you may be married to an unbeliever, in which case you simply need to pray every day for him or her and pray for your marriage. Strive to be a Christian example to your mate. 1 Peter 3 gives instructions to wives who have unconverted husbands. 1 Peter 3 verse 1. Wives, likewise, be submissive to your own husbands, that even if some do not obey the word, they without a word may be won by the conduct of their wives. 
Your loving, giving Christian example can go a long way toward positively influencing your husband. Notice the emphasis is on the conduct, not on trying to argue your mate into your religion. Now, if both you and your mate personally pray, try praying together. I normally begin the prayer and after a short while nudge my wife. And after her prayer, I will conclude our praying together. It's amazing how many intimate and personal thoughts come out in our prayers. In that way, we're sharing with one another and with our God. One of my wife's favorite expressions is, let's pray about that. I appreciate her willingness to involve God in our marriage and in our life together. We all need to acknowledge God and our Savior in every aspect of our lives, as it tells us in Proverbs 3, verses 5 and 6. Trust in the Lord with all your heart, and lean not on your own understanding. In all your ways acknowledge Him, and He shall direct your paths. Marriage takes work, effort, and nourishing to be successful. There will always be obstacles, differences, and even conflicts. But God instituted marriage for a great purpose in His overall plan for humanity. We must learn to love God with all our heart, soul, mind, and strength, and to love our neighbors as ourselves. Your mate is your closest neighbor. Ask God to help you apply these principles in your own life. Remember, you cannot force your mate to change. You can only change yourself. But your example of love and service can have a very positive influence on your mate. You cannot do it on your own. You need the help of your Savior. As the Apostle Paul said in Philippians 4, verse 13, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. May God bless you, your marriage, and your family as you strive to live by His Word. There are many more effective strategies and biblical keys to improving and enriching your marriage. To learn more about these vital biblical principles to enrich your marriage, please go to our website that will be shown momentarily and read our booklet, God's Plan for Happy Marriage. And be sure to come back next week, same time, same station, when Gerald Weston and I will explain more about tomorrow's world and the inspiring way of life revealed in the Holy Bible. If you would like to discover more about how this topic impacts your life, visit us online at www.lcgcanada.org to read our featured literature free of charge. The preceding program has been produced by the Living Church of God.